0: Stieber.
1: Stieber a mérkőzés. A belül. Lövés.
0: Goal! Goal! Welcome to the Hungarian International Hungarian Football Podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk about Honved versus Videoton when Honved won the title. We've got David Groff on the show as well. He's he's um, spoke to us. He also got called up to the national team to face Russia, which we're going to talk about. And we're also going to talk about the Magyar Cup final. Uh, We've got Ferenc Varos fan David Aspoff on the show. Uh, Welcome to the show, David. Hi, Tom. Uh, David is the voice of our Hungarian history um, segments that we have on the show. Uh, We've not had one for a while, but hopefully they'll be coming again. Hopefully, David.
2: Uh, Yeah, hopefully. I mean, there's been so much going on in the Hungarian football world that uh, I've sort of put them to one side, but I've got a few ideas brewing, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good
0: stuff. And also on the show, we've got Honvade fan uh, Gabi Kovac. Welcome to the show, Gabi.
2: All right, Tom, good to be (laughs) here. Yeah,
0: welcome, welcome, Gabi. And also, we've got um, Chris Barrett on the show again. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom, it's
2: my pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, the Chris. Uh, let's get straight into it. So, Gabby, we'll go for you first. I bet it was pretty amazing to be there at Honvade last week, um, tree and, uh, and title win.
3: Incredible. Uh, what? Well, yeah, what? A, a, an amazing day. It was good to spend it with, with you there, Tom, obviously as well, um, and, and the rest of it's the gang that, that came came along. It was excellent, absolutely excellent. A really surreal day. Um, it, it, it had everything, as um, I'm sure you'll sort of testify to just what a surreal championship win that was like wow we've been waiting 24 years for this moment and what do we reckon within half an hour it was like wow well that's that over then (laughs) really bizarre I mean obviously we were at the the, the press conference after and I'm like hang on guys you've just won the league and no one really seems that bothered did they
0: no no, it was a bit strange
3: even the owner was, you know, looked like he'd he just lost. Um, <laughs> obviously, Groffy was great. Groffy's Groffy. That's just the way he is. But it was really weird. Um, but then, you know, obviously the, the the more bizarre things that happened was going to that big um, party outside the ground after that. You know, all the ultras had put on and the band stand, and then um, just sort of having to double take and think, hang on a minute. Is that Marco Rossi, the guy that's just managed us to the title? Oh yeah, it is him. And seeing him march through a load of ultras, flares, and popped on a stage where some Hungarian rock music's playing and everyone stop and chant his name. Just just weird, you know. obviously those guys didn't know what we did, having obviously gone to the press conference that he'd he'd basically resigned during that. <laughs> Otherwise I'm sure it might have been a might have been a little bit different. He might have had a guitar-shaped um, object in his neck. But um, what what a, what a great day! Great, great, great day! Awful game. I'd hyped it up so much to everyone that doesn't watch Hungarian football that took an interest because they, you know, really wanted to be happy for me, etc. And I, I couldn't big it up big it up enough. And the messages that I had were probably not broadcastable. But it's safe to say I don't think there'll be many people tuning in next year if that's the best that we can uh, we can serve up. Um,
0: yeah, it, obviously, like you say, it was so surreal. Um, obviously, the Marco Rossi bit when he's turned up at the at the Ultra party with that questionable music, and then also the bit after the game when they got um, awarded the trophy and then they walked out of the stadium and like and they go into like to the 3G pitch where Humveid 2 play and like, and it was just surreal. Like you say, it was so weird and then Lanza Farmer's trying to get on the stage with his kids and the the, the security and uh, telling him to like fuck off basically and like he's getting into a massive ruckus like da- uh, David Bobile comes down and tries to talk to the security and they start shouting in his face. It was like, what is going on here? And like you, said, uh, like yeah. you say at the time, like the, it was, <laughs> you kind of, that mafia or mafia police state almost it's kind of, you know, who's in charge here. It's not the footballers like it would be in England is the police. It's so weird, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. but it's, you know, it, it's something that sort of, it's quite open in other countries. Um, you know, Italy, Springs to mind, especially where you know you know that the ultras make the decisions, and they'll tell them, you know, if they want to sign a player, they run it through the ultras and things like that. And um, you know, I don't think we're necessarily at that level, but certainly in 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 um in terms of who's in charge, it. It couldn't care less that you just won a title for the football club or you know all they could care about was them being the big macho man and it, it was shocking to look even even the press after you look at the way the press were treated by the by the men in black um yeah. the ones that you know, obviously didn't have all the um right-wing tattoos and and, and could wear a suit they, they were even the same it, it, it's really bizarre and uh, i don't know maybe that maybe that's what left everyone with such a sort of dampener on it, was the fact that all that had gone on before. You know, Lanzo wanted to get get away with his kids. I mean, it was chaos out there. To think, it, like, there was no reason why people shouldn't go on the pitch to celebrate, because the pitch is being ripped up, the stadium's being ripped up. So to go on like, yeah, all right, you think, maybe they've gone on the 3G pitch to, to, to save that, but what was the point there? And in fact, if they would have announced it, it could have been organised a little bit better as well, rather than everyone absolutely steaming out of the stadium and onto this pitch to watch them in that small stand messing about with a trophy. It just, it, it's such a dampener. Really, really was such a dampener. And, and, you know, within sort of 10 minutes, when when we were on the, on the bus back to the metro station, um... No evidence at all that a team down the road had just won a championship. In fact, n- there was nothing. Now, can you imagine even even the smallest of towns in in England, for instance, uh, their team winning the championship? It, you, you know, you'd it'd be sung from the from every rooftop, wouldn't it? But it would just almost as if time had sort of stood still, picked you up, pulled you out of there, and plopped you down, and and uh, Try to erase your memory of it just yeah really bizarre so it's kind of uh, don't get me wrong i'm delighted they've won um but just flat it's just so flat i've never known anything like that in my life
0: yeah it it was it was strange i mean i don't really know if there should have been such a high security presence really i mean it, it didn't feel like it was that sort of Game it didn't feel it's all like it was angry or ill-tempered like the the crowd or anything like that it wasn't Farris Fer- versus you're your pest or whatever it was like it was two teams with kind of like decent reputations with their fans they're not like hool like well I suppose they are kind of inadverted colored hooligans ultras but like. I don't think it was ever going to kick off and like, especially after the game when everyone's just trying to have fun in it to be kind of marred by the security. Like it was, it was, it was weird. Chris, um, what did you think of the game? And what did you think of that day in, in general? Cause you were obviously watching with an eye on the other two games as well. When MT car actually went down, what, what, what was it like for you?
4: Yeah, well, I, um, um, was trying to keep up with you guys too on Twitter, which I thought was fun. Just getting the pictures in and, and, um, and watching it, I mean, it looked like uh, it was a really exciting atmosphere. And just hearing from you guys and, and watching the game, and uh, and again the um, uh, the flare war after halftime. I mean, all of that just looks so so cool. I mean, that's something I hadn't seen yet. You know, that kind of a crowd at that small of a stadium. Um, you know, obviously not like a Groupama or something like that um, arena. But um, it, it was it was fun just to be able to see that kind of packed fun, exciting, um um atmosphere of people just being expectant, you know, and then hearing from you guys. So it was great. I thought it was great. Again, I think the football uh, on the day was awful. I think the the drama and the acting was amazing. Um <laughs> and uh there was some very memorable <laughs> roles, kicks. Uh, spasms on the pitch, which I don't think either any of us who watched it will ever forget. It was uh, it was that kind of a day, but um, uh, but yeah, you know, I started uh, really following, and you know this guys uh, really not about middle of September, the, the league, and um, never would I have thought that this season would go down the way it did, and uh, just the amount of intrigue and drama towards the end of the the season, and then obviously on the last day of the season. Uh, Really was kind of a feast, you know. It was so neat, especially to have people on the ground like you guys, and then watching the scores coming in. I mean, it's never would have expected all this, you know, at the end of the season. So uh, for me, it was just it was it was a lot of fun just to just to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of it. Um, And who would have thought the end of the season would have happened the way it did?
0: Yeah, obviously that dive, like you say, is memorable. And also, I posted this on Facebook, but. Like it was the kind of, kind of the first time in years that Hungar- Hungarian league had gone mainstream because that Lazovic foul was like on everything, it was on the Sport Bible uh, Facebook page, it was on Euro. everywhere. Sport. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, we're famous! But then obviously, it's for the wrong reason rather than a, a, like a beautiful goal or like an amazing match or whatever. It was, a, it was a swan, oh, I don't even know what you call it like a fish dive. I think they called it Lazovic. think it was a an- moment.
4: Epileptic, ep, epileptic seizure. Yeah, maybe? someone said that. that.
0: That's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the the floor was floor was on fire, and he was kind of spasming like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a crazy day. Um, what were, what were MTK like in that game against Potch? Did they have any chances to win it or or
4: stay up? Um, yeah, you know, again, I'm, I can only watch one game at a time. But MTK looked uh, like they have all season you know, um, uh, just a little disjointed, um, not very organized, um, you know, and yeah, they had, they had chances of course, but I, you just never had a feel that, uh, they were going to do anything. And then when the goal was scored, um, at the end, you could just, you know, it was, it was, it was over. Um, even though they, they responded right away, but I mean, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't I, If somebody else saw it and they saw something different, tell me, but to me, I just never really felt like there was that sense of, um, oh my gosh, we need to win this game. <laughs> you know, yeah. at least it didn't. It didn't see it on the. I didn't see it on the pitch. Uh,
0: yeah, t- like you say, it typifies Carr all season. David, for you as a French virus fan, obviously this season hasn't really gone to plan. Um, how, what, how would you rate out of ten? And like, w- what have your feelings been of the season?
2: Um well first of all I just want to say that Gabi mentioned earlier that uh you know he's been he was bigging up the game and I was kind of doing the same on Twitter that you know finally the Hungarian league is super exciting it's going down to the wire and then only to produce that that game and which was just uh, in footballing terms was just terrible. Um I, I think that's good though Gabi because anyone who sticks around after that you know then then that's that's the real kind of people we're trying to <laughs> that's convert a good right? Point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are only interested in the final game and the, the the excitement don't don't deserve the uh the dire horrible kicking matches that we we have to uh, usually endure
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but yeah from a uh, Ferencvaros point of view it was uh it's weird to say that it's a disappointing season because we won the cup, and as I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, in the league, it, it, we just never looked like we're going to get a chance. I mean, you know, Homebade and Vidi were were up there for for most of it, and and Ferencvaros just never looked like the team that that we're going to challenge for it. And and I think it's, it, I think there was a break when when they got knocked out of Europe uh, in in terrible, disappointing Hungarian fashion. Um, and after that, I think Dole just didn't pick the players up and the whole team just kind of seemed like they were running around a bit like headless chickens and didn't really, never really looked like a winning team. So I think out of 10, it's a ter- pretty bad season with a cup win, let's say six out of 10, because at least we're in Europe, we can uh, try again. But but yeah, overall, it was a, it was a bit of a disappointment.
3: Yeah, David, I- how, how does Dole keep his job? Because obviously, Rossi's just won the league. He's gone. Berg has finished second. He's gone, and there's no doubt if Berg would have hung about, that they would have been challenging for for the title. They, they would be first or second next season without any doubt. Um, historically, as well, have sat, you know, got rid of managers that have that have won the title. Yet Dole seems to, you know, this is a massive failing considering the team's budget, considering the fan base. Um, everything like that, yet he still keeps his job. And it's not like the fans are even calling for his head. What's your view on that? Well,
2: the crazy thing is, yeah, exactly. There's no, there's not even a rumor on MZT sport or anything about him potentially leaving. Like the, the moment the season was over, you had the, the rumors about, um, Marco Nikolic replacing Henning Berg at Vidalton, And, you know, the rumors were just flying around. And, and like you say, Hornbeid have appointed their new coach straight away. And and Vares just seemed unable to, to do anything about it. I, I don't know what, what's going on there. I, either he's tied into some lucrative contract that would be incredibly expensive to upend. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Because I, I can't imagine the fans, certainly as a fan I'm not very happy with him. That There are other fans I can't imagine are too happy with him. Um so who is? I mean, why are the board happy with him? It is.
4: David, did you feel like that um, even throughout the season? It, it seemed like he he um, just w- wasn't really happy, and and maybe it was just with the team, with the results, with the expectations. But there was always this sense to me that he, he might have had his eye on another team, another league, maybe even a foot out the door. And I really thought um, that at the end of the season, after all the accolades and everything, that we would have heard something that maybe he was just deciding to go. Um, What's your thought on that?
2: That's a really good point. Maybe the whole season he thought, finally I'm going to fight my way back to the Bundesliga or something and then get a better job, and it never came. Um, And then he's still stuck there. Um, But, you know, you think surely he could get a job somewhere i mean his record is actually pretty good he's won the the cup three times in a row he's won the league i mean he's done his record in europe is terrible but that's that's not that dissimilar to all previous hungarian managers and so you would think that somebody out there would pick him up but um yeah maybe it is just frustration he is a very angry person in general so i don't know i don't know how much of it was that and how much of it was his, his general demeanor
3: yeah i i question whether how much say he has on the signings that Friday make because there's some bizarre ones and there's some really left field ones that, that, happen. This, this young guy that's just come from Uruguay, um, doesn't strike me as something that all said, let's go and get this guy from Uruguay, uh, Uruguay. Um, Priskin doesn't strike me as a dull sign in, um, then obviously, you know, you look at Jagera, yeah, Now, all those guys have been, been great. Um, he's got the last sort of, the last bits out of them. But you just question how much of an involvement he actually has and how much of this is uh, the backers of the club um, saying these, these guys, we're going to have these guys playing.
2: Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, uh, the whole season we've just been baffled by how he's just unable to address the defensive situation. He hasn't bought a competent defender for a while. Um, and, yeah, so it, that there is the option that it's because he doesn't get a say in it. But then, then what's in it for him? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's won everything he can at Hungarian level. So I'm surprised he's not already left because, like I said, he must be able to get a job somewhere. That is an odd one.
3: Absolutely. But yeah. let me just say on that as well. Bokkar left uh, Honved to sign for Ferencvaros in, uh, in, in the transfer window because he thought he'd have a better chance of winning than the league. So, Oops. <laughs> if, if you're listening, um, uh, for you, got a beep in there, Thomas, or something. <laughs> 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 the
0: thing is, like you say about the... Um, the transfers the left field transfers seem to be the ones that are actually the ones that actually work like the german players that they seem to get in which i guess are probably dolls choices like sternberg who didn't have that great an impact when he came in Koch, who barely played a game who sing who was pretty awful and did that awful um, own goal in the um, Champions League qualifier and that sung woo review the guy from south korea uh, i mean like uh, these these guys that they've actually brought from germany are pretty bad as well so maybe dolls like thought oh god my time have been terrible so i'm gonna just have to leave it to the board because obviously mutari as well the guy from niger he's kind of a left field um side in and he was quite good actually i thought um
2: yeah out of all the players you've listed he's probably the, been the best one
0: yeah yeah he's 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 not quite the same as Lama, but he's, like, quite kind of as direct as Lama was, and he was, obviously, a big loss last, last summer. I, I, you can't, I kind of think that with Ferenc Veras, like, they obviously have the best squad. They've got players like Klein Heisler, who should be playing at a higher level. They've got players like Gira who is still one of Hungary's best players around. But they did lose, like, two of their best players last summer, like Adam Nodge, who's, obviously, a class act, and they lost Roland Lama. So... I mean, is there, is there any like, should we cut him some slack? Because someone on Twitter, when I said, Dole's got to resign now, he was like, why? Because he's had one bad year, like, and he's lost a couple of bad players. Should we cut him some slack? Should, Should we think, should we maybe, are we maybe expecting too much of him?
3: Absolutely not. I don't think so. I mean, you know, they they, they poached players from, you know, your team, Haladash has had its best players poached by Ferencvaros for for him to sit on the bench. Uh, you, you know, Bokhar, Honved, and, you know, they poached the best talent from all the other teams. There, there, there should be no excuse. Absolutely no excuse. Um, you know, like I said, the German signings that he's made, I- I'm pretty sure, it is that old chestnut where everyone's going to get a nice little back pocket, um, you know, padded envelope in the back pocket, if, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they all- um, the obviously got some as well, which is a bit odd. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that that is <laughs> so blatant. I mean, it happens at every level. But, but there can be no excuse. There, there can be no excuse for, for, for the failings. Um unlimited you know he's got he wants to sign a player they'll go and get the player for him or you know if it is the board that are signing the players they're not silly they'll see what they need and they'll get them that player but i just yeah i can't every team loses players and and it's it's what you do in in replacing them and you know friday don't don't um tend to have those youngsters that get that get the chance that are coming through? They're they're they're, um, they're pretty much like uh, a Mourinho style, where you know if if you're uh, going to lose a player and you think okay, so look, we're going to have three months here where we're going to have our 19 year old playing. He's, he's he's out of the academy. Um, he's he's going to make mistakes, but at the end of it, he's going to be a better player. And Friday are going to have a decent replacement. They don't do that. They panic, don't they? And, and they, they they go to the you know well the-
4: you make. You make a good point, Gabby. I mean that that's that's what teams with money do, though, um, and we see it all throughout sports, not just in football, but everywhere. Hmm. Is if you if you have the money, um, you go ahead and find the talent, and it's almost like a cook saying, "Oh, the salt tastes good in the soup," and you just pour the whole can of it in there. <laughs> exactly, it doesn't yeah. help after a while, and at some point, and I mentioned this to the very first podcast that you can bring in all the talent that you want, but there still has to be a, come a point where the team plays together and plays well. And we saw that with, with OnBed and, um, you know, some other teams that maybe punched above their weight a little bit. Like I said, uh, Vasas played great this year. And even though there may maybe a couple of uh, uh, players away, um, maybe even younger players away from really gelling and, and making them a uh, championship side, mm-hmm. um, you know, and maybe for, for, for Friday, I think they um, m- might have had just a little too much in terms of, like you said, left field signings. Um, you know, the chemistry didn't come together, uh, Dole being very angry and maybe that being a big problem and pulling a team together as well. Uh, you know, it's hard to have um, a team really come together when you're being yelled at all the time. So it's it's hard to say, but I, I don't think money is the issue. And you're right, Gabby. I mean, a good team needs to have good youth and good players coming through the system that that can step into those roles and and I think that's something they miss
0: and obviously like the two players that they did have come through the academy the two nodgers not related Adam and uh, Dominic have both gone as well so obviously and they were special talents You, you, you can't just like not play them too because obviously you can see how well Dominic Nodge has done in the in, in with Legia and they, they actually won the league today and he played quite a big mm. part in that and then Adam Nanchu went to Bologna. They're the two ones who did come through. There is literally nothing I'm just looking at their squad now. They've got Cornel Jernic who who I've seen the bit of and I don't really like. He's played eight games this season and he's the only other player from the Academy um who's Zanka. actually played league games. Pardon? Oh, uh, now he only he was only
4: he, he was on
0: the, the bench cup? I think but I don't know if he actually oh. he may have played in the cup. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So yeah, I guess. That's... I think the
2: fact that we're not sure who he is says that he's <laughs> yeah. probably not the next big talent.
4: Oh, he was in the U17 Euros. Come on, guys. <laughs> okay. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Just trolling Just yeah. about
4: to, to go back to your original. <laughs> how question. how quickly we forget. <laughs> you... <laughs> I literally <laughs> forgot. everybody is in that
0: squad.
3: Yes, you're right.
0: I'm Shonka, I've got on his way page right now. He didn't play a single
3: league game. He a page. He's made it. Get his agent on the phone. He hasn't played a
0: single league game. He's been on the bench four times. Well done, Chris, for that. Four times. Yeah. Uh, he's played one okay game, 44 minutes. That was against Budafok in the second leg.
3: Which pretty much I was due a call-up against, to be <laughs> I fair. Think if us <laughs> five, uh, I
0: think if us four had played in that game, we'd have probably still won the tie. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: just say, I'm, do you know what? I'm, I'm a budapest Honved fan. My dad's brought me up to support them. They're, they're my team. Do you know what? I, I hand on heart would say they are one of the worst sides to have won the Hungarian League in the last 20 years. <laughs> All so stuff. in terms of in dull slack <laughs> I can't I can't honestly
2: yeah well, well this is like when, when Leicester won the league in, in England then you know all the managers of the other top teams you just think well if you're not going to win it this year when are you going to win it yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and, and Ferenc Varos lost well, well Holmveid like you say one of the worst teams ever with the title they lost eight matches which is which is a lot Voshosh Lost eleven matches and finished on the same points as French Varese. And French Varese lost nine matches as well. That is that is a lot of games to lose in a in a league season of only thirty three games. I don't want to do Absolutely. the math. That's almost a third of your games. Nine is that like just a bit less? Well, than a
3: third.
4: that's probably the reason why Berg left because he he probably figured, gosh, if I can't win it this year. Um, or the, the reason why he was, you know, who knows what happened there, but that's probably the reason why he's gone, is that if, if I can't win the, the, the title this year against a team like that, then why am I here?
0: Yeah, and, and a quick one on that, like this guy coming from uh, from Partizan Belgrade, who's, who's just won the league, they only lost two games in all competitions this season, um, they weren't in Europe, obviously, because they had such a bad year last year, and they won the league at an absolute canter, and th- they were a team who weren't really tipped to win the league. Red Star were tipped to win the league, and Partizan won the cup and the league. And it's kind of like I, I was speaking to a Serbian guy the other day, and he's kind of like just bewildered by well, why this guy, who's kind of at the top of his game, will, will, is coming to video time really. And I can't remember what he said. He said it's like off the don- um off the horse, and onto the donkey. I think he, he used the term. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit harsh but 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 like this this is it. this guy is coming with a like a really good reputation and he resigned from partisan on Friday and he's due to be appointed tomorrow so that's quite exciting for video time I think
2: well, I, I just want to highlight something. I saw a poll on Nemzeti Sport Online. They always run this little poll where you could uh, choose you know, some, some of the options about some to, uh, topical thing. And uh, there was a question about what's going to happen to Videoton and things like, you know, Nikolic comes in and they're going to get into the group stage of the Europa League. But uh, 41% of people who answered out of like 7,000 people said, uh, I don't care about Videoton. <laughs> that was very Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's Hungarian football apathy. But, like, you know, you're on Nemzeti Sport website. So you, you think that, like, a majority of those people are interested at, at some point. But nope. <laughs> that's, that's funny, that is. <laughs>
4: that's funny. Well, it is interesting, too, that two of their top players are Serbian as well. So I'm sure that'll help. And hopefully he can, you know, calm down Lazovic so yeah. that uh, he doesn't have any more outbursts. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see them in, um, in Europe. in
2: dance coach.
3: <laughs>
4: I want to know what Gabby thinks about Hanved's uh, chances in the Champions League um,
3: well nobody will watch the first leg because it's being played behind closed doors due to previous misdemeanors in Europe uh, the second leg will, will probably uh, be watched on M4 um, and uh, well as if there's no Hungarian soap operas on that it clashes with because I think by then it will be tie over um, I want, I want us to draw Celtic, so at least we go out having, a, you know, having gone to a decent big club with a big stadium instead of like ending up going out to a team from Azerbaijan, where you know the fans are watching from the backs of donkeys,
2: <laughs> and, and losing to a team who didn't even qualify in the first place.
3: Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, I we, won't, we won't have a chance not a chance
0: I'm just looking at the teams who, uh, I'm not going to name them all that, that Honved could face and there's some tough names in there, Celtic like you say Red Bull Salzburg who are really good these days, Legia Warsaw, Barté Borisov, Ludogorets, who were in the Champions League group stage, Partizan Belgrade, Rosenborg, there's only probably one team or two teams that, that Honved would probably fancy a chance against, there's that Sheriff Tirap Spola from Moldova, who, well, I wouldn't say they're going to. Hopefully, are going to walk over an FH from Iceland. So, like, there's a, there's a lot of teams who who have who have got like good pedigree. Astana and their Malmo. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Whoever can get, I think.
3: get. Yeah, absolutely, and it, that's that's you know that's without the uh, the files the fire sale that's likely to happen. Uh, you know, during, during the summer anyway, we've, um, I'm sure Friday we've, uh, we'll take their pick of a few players. Apple's not going to hang about, let's face it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, we've already lost, uh, our young defender that, um, one young player of the year at the awards ceremony last Sunday had already signed, uh, a, a deal with Wipesh when his um, when his contract's up in, at the end of June as well. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> hopeless i think this could be one of the most embarrassing well you know it's showings in in european football um since probably, last year well yeah exactly <laughs> or, well i think I'll bet, i bet i remember us i remember us drawing nil nil with hamburg and that was actually played at wepe stadium and, and i remember going to that and think wow how have we how have we drawn, drawn nil nil with these guys and and, and I think we lost, like, three or four nil away. But then, you know, we got absolutely destroyed by Fenerbahce, I think, the, the year or the year after that. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty used to these big hammerings. And I think the fans probably done everyone a favour by causing lots of trouble against the, the the Austrian guys last time so that no one has to go and watch the, <laughs> the paint. <laughs> the, um, there's only four
0: teams, no, five teams, that have got a worse uh, coefficient rating than than who here in the competition. And the, uh, one of them's from Malta. One of them's from Andorra. Uh, and Hunveid are actually below the Faroe Islands team in the coefficient ranking. And the Welsh team as well, the New Saints. They're quite a lot behind the New Saints in the coefficient ranking. If you're a nerd for coefficient ranking, pointage back at home. and Maybe you like noting these thing, noting these stats down. If you want to note these stats down, 2.9. That's what Hunveid are on these days. I don't even know what scale
2: that's on, but it's just not a lot, is it?
0: Well, the bottom one is <laughs> 1.5. That's Georgia, but Celtic got 42.7, so quite a bit ahead up there. Somewhere. Well,
4: I am a nerd, and uh, and TNS, the New Saints, uh, have been very good. Um, so I'm not surprised that they that they're higher than than uh, than Humbed, But um, uh, and if you remember, a couple of years ago, I think they played Videoton and almost beat Videoton. Yeah, Videoton um, was, was it the second? Abysmal. Yeah. yeah. Well. They just lost Craig Harrison, though, so that should be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, we, we
3: were stunned that night, Tom, weren't we, watching them? Um, well, yeah, it was what bizarre. One of the worst
0: performances I've ever seen from a home team, but that is saying something.
3: That's <laughs> yeah, you can't say that lightly. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, the, the game where I offered my, um, my services to Kasone to, <laughs> yeah. to play up front. <laughs> and he I actually wanted that. you in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, have been, that was his mistake. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I wouldn't have been surprised if Gabby had put a better, better showing on that night. To be fair, because uh, videos on were absolutely shocking. um there's yeah, some good players back then as well. Djurčo, Istvan Kovac, when he was supposed to be decent. Um, yeah, but uh, that was just after lost lost Nikolic. Actually, um, we'll talk about the Mugge or couple final because we actually haven't spoken about it yet. Um, how did that go for you? Um, David what did you think of that game it was it was kind of weird like French fires were good in the first half and then after that they kind of tailed off a bit like juventus actually in the champions league final but not quite the same level i don't think
2: yeah i was going to say it's uh, it's hard to make that leap from uh, <laughs> from <laughs> fenettitters Ferenc- to juventus um, yeah i mean it was again it was pretty for a cup final it was a pretty terrible game of football um, although it was <laughs> marginally better than the uh, than the than the league final um yeah, and, and well, obviously we had we had the drama at the end, the wrong kind, um, with Love wrenches, and hope, luckily he's okay. Um, and then we had some proper football drama with the penalty shootout. And I was actually surprised that the the, the standard of penalties was actually all right, um, which, was, which was which was kind of surprising <laughs> for me. Um, but I mean, again, like the whole the whole game, it just didn't look like a cup winning or a league winning team. Um, and, uh, and then like I said on Twitter and, and no disrespect to Vashash who had a great season but after walking the league with 20, like 21 points I think last year, um, you just did not expect uh, the team to struggle against Vashash in the cup final like you would have thought if we get Vashash in the cup final we'll just walk all over them and, and claim that trophy um, and actually we just had to grind it out and so yeah it was, it was the same old Hungarian terrible quality football um which which was you know but at least we got a trophy at the end of it and uh, uh, the Hungarian Cup isn't the the best thing you could win but but it's um it's something it's some consolation for an otherwise pretty terrible season
0: yeah and, and, and like you say us didn't really perform that day and I was looking on the um, Ferencvaros fan blog um, I can't remember what it's actually called now but it, it's good and they had like a, a ranking of the um, the players uh, what the fans gave them. What rating the fans gave them, and Lashko Kleinheiser was by far the worst um, again, which is not the first time this season. I mean, what do you see happening to him? Like he's not been at all good since coming back. You'd expect him; he was playing almost every week in the Bundesliga earlier this season. Comes back to Varas well, comes back to Hungary, sorry, and you expect him to be kind of ripping it up week in, week out. He's got one assist. In all of his games so far, well, throughout throughout the season, that
2: that is pretty terrible, isn't it? Yeah, and and I mean at the time it sounded it sounded like a big coup that, that we actually managed to entice him back home for half a season, um, but I think it's. It's he kind of played like the rest of the team just it was like they were just put on the pitch and told to just run around a bit And there was just no sense of where he belongs in that team and just thought well He's a big name We'll we'll stick him on there and see what happens and then that just didn't work out Um, I don't know if it's a mentality thing because quality wise he should be better than a lot of players in the league Right, you would have thought he'll be one of the better players Um, But that didn't materialize. So I think at this point in his career, he needs to prove himself somewhere he needs to go somewhere where he'll play week and week out and actually put a put a shift in and then have a good season because he risks just falling off a bit, like like a lot of players before him. Yeah. It is bizarre.
0: There was there's rumours that um, Lech Poznan were in for him, which I think would be a good move for him because he's got that like Lech Poznan have amazing fans and they have that kind of vocal support which Lovrenčić had when he first went there and Konar who did who was successful there as well. I think that would be quite a good move for him because he seems like a player who needs. Needs geeing up, and he's kind of a big game player. I think to that Norway game, obviously, where he, he scored that goal and he was just all-round class. In the Euros, he was quality as well. I, I, I think maybe coming back to Hungary, the, the the kind of motivation wasn't really there for him. And playing in a team that's lacking motivation anyway, it wasn't kind of the best best home for him, really. And I think that was his Yeah, problem. I agree. I think that was his, also his problem before when he was playing... Like uh, Pushkash Academy and, uh, and when he played for videoton he never, he never really put in a string of consistent performances. He was never, I never thought, oh, this guy will be abroad in like two or three years. It kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe that is just all down to his mentality because, obviously, he had that falling out with Vidarad as well, where he wasn't actually playing before the Norway game. It's a strange one with Klein that, and, and you've got another talent in that team, Andros Rado, who was who's obviously for my team, Holodosh, he was absolutely classy, he was bagging in goals every week, he was making assists and stuff almost every week and he was like 19 back then. He's 23, he didn't score a single league goal this season. Like, What, what do you think's up with that?
2: I think that's that's what, what you guys talked about earlier, that Ferenc-Sovar just hoover up all the talent around them, um, whether or not they actually fit into the team and you end up with, with a bunch of players who just... Um, who who, have, who are going to have a bad spell of their career by choosing to go to Ferencváros because they just won't fit in. So I, I think it's something similar. And again, he's in he's probably in the wrong team at the right at the wrong time. Uh, it's just not great for his career. So I think it's probably that. I, I can't imagine his talent's gone. You know. So yeah, it, looks, it must it must just be that.
0: He also looks a bit like one who's who's kind of lacking a bit of confidence as well. To be fair, I think played in that team, mm-hmm. no one really has confidence except for. Jurachin, which probably has a bit too much, and he wasn't in the squad anyway <laughs> for the final. Um,
2: but I mean, imagine, imagine Thomas Doll yelling at you day, you know, week in, week <laughs> out. It's not going to do, Chris. It's not going to
0: do a lot of good for you. Yeah, especially for a young player who's who's lacking confidence. Yeah, um, Chris. In complete contrast to that, and probably a good home which Roddick could find him at next season. Voschash, what a season they've had!
4: Yeah, I mean, who would have thought? Right again. Um, uh, very surprising, um, and um, you know, I mean, again, for them to do what they did, I think was um, uh, was pretty special. You know, the fact that they're in European football next uh, next season is a good thing. Um, you know, and the fact that they, they took uh, French virus all the way to, to penalties in in the cup was great. So, um, you know, and I think um, Michael Enning did it right in terms of and we again talked about this in the first um, podcast where he really added bit and piece to a well gelled squad, you know, and uh, they were, I think, top of the league at the break, um, if not right underneath and then had a little bit of a dip. But, um, you know, again, he took what he had and. Uh, really, really did something special. Um, I think the the signing of of Valant uh, was 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 good at the time, but it didn't really work out, did it?
0: No, no, no. Um,
4: yeah. And so you know, so that was uh, a little disappointing. I think he he was hoping that he might have been able to come in and and, and gel and, and banging goals the way he was doing at Haladash, but um, he didn't. So uh, that might have been. Uh, the one mistake was just uh, maybe ba- banking on that a little bit but you know I mean again I think it was a, it was a fun story to follow um, and for me again I didn't know any better until probably about two or three months in uh, that, that they weren't supposed to be there because they sure seemed like it um, but uh, you know it was I think I think it's a successful season for them and they have a lot to look forward to next year
0: yeah they've got a lot of like we said, before like I've got a lot of decent young players like Hongya who I really love um John in midfield Matto as well in midfield Uh, they've got kind of the making of a decent team for next season as well and it's going to be interesting kind of like how they'll progress really Gabby next season for Holmveid do you see how do you see it going I mean like you said earlier it's going to be a um it's going to be a poor you think it's going to be a poor title defense um do you think it's going to be as bad as leicester's title defenses was in england because obviously the the comparisons are there like uh, this team was what it who weren't supposed to win it do you do you think that they'll finish as low as that because they've brought in this dutch guy i don't know if he's any good i don't think he's actually been managing that long um how do you see it going
3: yeah, I, I think the parallels with with Leicester are, are, are right. Other than the fact that you know Leicester won it with flair, um, you know, and with some some outstanding performances, where you know we, we've ground out results. And I, I, I do, I think next season's going to be going to be a huge struggle. Um, you know, this this guy coming in from, like you say, absolute obscurity uh, into the unknown. He needs to adapt to Hungarian football next season. We're likely. To be playing at the the new uh, Nando Hidalguti Stadium, sharing with MTK Car. So, you know, there's that to get your head around as well. There's the fact that you know we fully know we know well, full well that you know lots of players are going to go. Um, I, I, I do. I think it's going to be going to be a real, real struggle. Um, it, it's not even like the fact that you're there to be shot at because you're champions because. The, we weren't anything special anyway. So we're completely beatable. But I just think it's, yeah, it's going to be hard. The investment in the club is not going to be there. Um, you need to look at, I mean, you know, Vosho's Vosh doing doing so well, like, like Chris was saying, is incredible. And if you want success at a Hungarian football club, they're the blueprint. If you look at what they're doing behind the scenes, they spent years getting the German coaching right, getting everything that, going back to basics, the training, actually believing the people that are, um, like Kishvan Baregi uh, at car you know, who, who does all these wonderful things with, with technology, but it isn't really like working for them. Um, they believe it at Voshoes. So they, they've got that actual blueprint to, to actually, here's how you should be, um, running a Hungarian football club and getting the best out of your players. And that's at their level, with with no offence to them, obviously finishing where they did. But, you know, they know they they shouldn't be finishing there. But imagine that blueprint where you don't have the, you know, crazy owners and things like that, like at Ferencvaros and and Videoton. If they actually ripped up what they're doing and and looked at what they're doing, that they're going to dominate Hungarian football for the next 10 years. So hats off to them. We don't have a blueprint. Uh, you know the, the madness of Honved is, is, is that you know we've got an Italian manager who uh, does his press conferences in Spanish with a Spanish interpreter who, who interprets it into Hungarian. That's all you need to know about Honved. There in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> and like you say, is this and it was it was this complete look that that Honved just happened to put it together this season. No blueprint, not a great team. A few players coming through the youth, but not, like, tipped to be, like, magnificent. It was just, it was just kind of a lucky season, really, like you yeah, say. 100%, 100% yeah. And we Tom, talking? how
4: come you're not mentioning your team? I mean, you know, um, Holodash mm-hmm. had, had a very interesting season. And, for goodness sakes, David Williams. Yeah, they, yeah. What a second half of the season did this guy have. I mean, the most goals he's ever scored since he came over from Australia – I was so impressed by him, and I can't believe you're not touting him at this point because I know how much of a fan you are.
0: Yeah, he is. He, he has been class, and I just don't know how long he's going to stick around because I was speaking to a couple of guys that came over f, uh, to play for to Hol- from Holland for Holodosh from uh, from Holland, and they were kind of saying how boring it is in summer There's nothing to do. There's no one who really speak. There's no one who speaks Dutch. There's no one. Nothing. It's not really an exciting city. So, I mean. Obviously, David Williams has done well. He, I don't think he's a traditional striker either. And he, that's where he's been playing this season. Um, uh, but I just don't know how long he's going to hang around. a uh, Holodosh, we, we're like a revolving door, really. We we bring in players and we get rid of them really quickly. And we usually just try and make a bit of money because uh, we're a small club. Like we're, We produce decent players. We've produced Andros uh, Rado, like we said earlier. Ugrai, uh, who... Um, who went to French Varas as well and failed there. Went to David Tekar. um, Guzmic, um, who went to Vistler now is in China. Uh, Isvan Kovac, who we spoke about obviously last week. We, we do this all the time when we always have players who kind of perform for us and then they just leave. So, I mean, we had a g- decent season to be f- obviously Balint as well, like you said earlier. Um, we had a decent season to be fair. finished in sixth. Um, it's kind of the same thing happens every season at Arlada. It's just there's nothing really to to kind of speak about. We've got obviously Kirai Ryan who signed a new two year contract. He's 41 already, for goodness sake. Uh, that's kind of a bit fun. We've got Halwashi who's is the most competitive guy in the in the, in the league. Who's still going still going strong at 37. Yeah, I mean, it's quite exciting. It, it, we're quite exciting to watch at times. We've got Mario MF who's a decent player to watch. But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a nothing team. We're, ne- we're never really in massive danger of going down, and we're never really pushing to, um, to finish higher than fifth or sixth. I, I, I think the last time we were in Europe was 2009,
4: and um, we've never been in Europe before that, so... <laughs> I mean, but you gotta love a team. You gotta love a team that has their third highest scorer also has the most yellow cards and Bence Isla. I mean, you know, you have a defensive midfielder that that to me is blue collar football. I love it. I mean, cl- it's just it was. Yeah, he's a great he's
0: a great player as well. Like really a really underrated like player. He's, he's kind of like our boss in the midfield. Really kind of spreading play <laughs> and stuff. Uh, Laurent Kovac who's well, who as well. He plays next to him. He's quite a decent technical player. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like I like watching him play as well. Um, the 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 big uh, upset of the season was Ezekiel Cavente who was class at Becca Chicago last season, um, who was like a Spanish under nineteen. Uh, he was class last season for Becca Chicago, and they went down. So we signed him up. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be really exciting. And then he got injured in pre season, and he played like a couple of games all year. So one game. One game is that it? Oh my god. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite sad, uh, but. Yeah, we've got also Christoph Polgar who's who's only who's young um, he was from Liverpool um, left back or right back uh, right back yeah so and he can he, he was a decent prospect when he was at Liverpool he's been alright this season it's his first year at, in senior football so we've got a few prospects I think we'll just do exactly the same next season we'll hopefully keep hold of Williams and then yeah it, it yeah it's a strange one obviously Barnabas Roch as well I think he's the most played under twenty one player in the league this season, um, and he's quite a decent player. Megyes, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of we're kind of strange. We're kind of just clogging up the league, really. Just we're just there for other people to kind of be below or be above. We're just them two teams, us and Potch, and them two teams in the middle. and just always always are there and kind of just go unnoticed a little bit. I don't think we've actually spoken about haladosh at all on the on the show since we started it. Mm. I figured we owed it to you <laughs> thanks get it off my chest um, yeah um, what about your Pest how do you think they'll do next season are you asking me yeah is that your Pest fan
4: <laughs> who knows I mean um, now that they actually can uh, dip into the transfer market and um, as you said Gab we're already getting some defense in which we really need um, I, I sure as heck hope that they get rid of uh, Diarra. I think he's um I don't want to say a cancer. I just think that that kind of, <laughs> I, I just, I really think, I mean, he's such a bright, and, and Gail and I really, we, we agree on this. He's a bright, good, talented kid, he's but he's yeah. just too much into the flipping, flopping, and throwing himself and just hoping that, you know, if you're that good, play the game, you know, and, and you'll, you'll get results and you'll get, uh, um, you know, hopefully some goals and assists. But I, I just, I don't. Uh, and and obviously I think uh, Venevic is also very frustrated with him as well. They need an out-and-out striker. They don't have one. They haven't had one all year. Um, and if they can pick up somebody um, who can come in and score goals on a regular basis, I think that would be great. You know how much I love Ennis Bardi. I would love for him to stay. It seems like he might be on his way out. It's hard to tell. I, if they can keep him, I think that will be a huge coup for them. Uh, but if they can keep him... Uh, shore up their defense and really get an out and out striker I think they can make some waves next next season
0: and if you're um, if you're watching the under 21 European Championship this summer Ennis Barney will be there and he's be, he'll be one of Macedonia's best players in that in that team so he's one to watch oh record. absolutely Yeah, yeah I, I can imagine if he has a good tournament he'll be he'll be offered quite a lot of money in this summer because there was rumours like the other day that Dortmund were after him. I mean, I think that's a bit of a stretch to be fair, but wow, and, yeah, uh, no kidding. And the, the, I think um, there was another team, I think it might have been Darmstadt with the other team who were after him. And then Videoton obviously popped up as they always do for these sort of players that Videoton or French Varas but he's not going to get to Ferenc is he? Um, yeah, so he, he's he's a really good player to watch, like Chris said. And um, yeah, in the under 21 championship, it'll be, uh, it'll be exciting, yeah. hopefully. And he's paid for the uh, Macedonian national team. I think you saw him against Spain, didn't you?
4: One cap, yeah. That yeah. was great. He looked good too.
3: Yeah. He's an absolute, he's an absolute no-risk signing though for for any big team. You know, we sort of, we laugh at, we laugh at Dortmund, but you know why not? He's absolutely no risk whatsoever, is he? Yeah, because yeah. You know, it's going to cost nothing. Uh, if it don't work out, it don't work out, and he ends up you know second division German footballer, but. Yeah, absolutely no risk at all for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, my dream would have been if he was from somewhere like Germany and he'd uh, he plays in Hungary for five years and then start uh, then actually plays for our national team. But unfortunately, he's, he's already played yeah. for Macedonia, so <laughs> that dream's gone. Um uh, Yeah, so that will probably round it up. We've got actually an interview with David Groff on now, so I'll play that for you, and then we have. A Danish, Russian football news editor in chief. He's on in a second. Uh, We'll say goodbye to Gabby Kovac who's got to go now. Goodbye, Gabby. Thanks for coming
3: on the show. Goodbye, thanks, guys. Lovely to talk as always.
0: (laughs) And uh, thanks for coming on the show, Chris as well. Always a pleasure.
4: Thank you, fellas. Talk to you soon.
0: See you later. See you later. Um, And David is going to stay with us. Uh, welcome to the show, David
1: Groff. Hey, thanks for having me back on the show, mate.
0: Oh, mate, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. Uh, well, what a week it's been for you. Called up to the national team in midweek and then winning the title with Holmvade on Saturday. Uh, talk us through the week for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, to be honest. I've To be honest, I've not had any time to just to sit down and uh, let it sink in, so... I'm still working hard, and hopefully after the international GTL, I have a few days off where I can just chill out and and really think about it and let it sink in.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, well, we'll talk about Honved first. What was what was it like before the game when you were going into that game, all riding on the game, you playing the team who can overtake you. What what was said by Marco Rossi before the
1: game? Were you nervous? To be honest. I think that was the calm, calmest I've, I've seen Marco, you know, he's got, you know, he's very passionate about his job and stuff, but I've never seen him so calm and relaxed and everything, so we just did our usual stuff, you know, just the usual training, we didn't really change anything, and I think most of the build-up just came from the press and everything, it, it was just the same same game for us as as always.
0: He, he, as a team, you seemed to manage the game really well. Was there a specific like tactic to try and shut Vidi down? Because whatever happened, whatever you did, it worked quite well.
1: Uh, well, we just tried to play our usual game. You know, We always start with a solid defence, then we're really strong in the counter-attacks as well. So that's what we tried to do. Maybe at the start of the game, in first 15-20 minutes, they looked a bit more dangerous. But I think we managed the situation well, then... I think we were in control for the rest of the match.
0: I think that's probably when you were at your best as well, like coming out for the throw-ins and, and the corners and stuff. It, yeah, I
1: think there were about five or six uh, corners, like in in two three minutes. Yeah. Then obviously the long throw-ins as well. So that's where I had to be really concentrated. But we we coped with it well, and um, you know the rest is history. Yeah, and
0: of course he took a couple of kicks to the face as well. During the last few minutes, what was kind of going through your head as the as the crosses were coming in? Were you nervous or were you just concentrating on your game?
1: To be honest, I felt I was I was confident for the whole game and I just tried to concentrate on the next ball. I was trying to take a little bit of pressure off my defense, you know. They worked really hard, so that was the least I could do for them.
0: Good stuff. Um well so we we'll cast our minds back to the start of the season where you're actually second choice. Now you've just won the league and now you're in the national team. Can you kind of believe how
1: well this year's actually gone for you? To be honest, I, n- I never expected it. Obviously, I-, I always wanted to do my best and I hoped that that would be enough. But I never expected Homburg to win the league at the start. But you know, as the team was doing well and I, I kind of grew into it and I, i'm hoping that i managed to contribute a lot so and you know in the end uh, the national team call-up is just a dream really
0: and i think it shows how well you've actually done because obviously Ambushic was in the squad at one point dennis de Bush has been in the squad for for years now and you've you've overtaken them as the as the best goalkeeper in the league for the moment that must be quite a proud moment
1: yeah obviously i'm proud of it but World doesn't stop here, you know. Now the next next step is that I want to keep my place in the national team and obviously do well in the Champions League qualifiers with with Homemade.
0: Um, not that long ago you were actually in Germany's fourth tier, you were in Hungary's second tier last year. Did you actually ever think that did you did you ever, ever any, have any doubts about whether you'd actually make the national team at all?
1: You know, I had belief in my in my abilities, but that's not always enough. So I just try to keep my head down and work hard. You know, and it just shows that it's never too late to you know to change a little bit or to do something more. And and that's what I did. Um, how did you actually find out? Uh, it was actually Marco Rossi who pulled me a couple of weeks before the video game and told me that. Ben Stork is keeping an eye, uh, eye on, on me and he really likes what I do so maybe I shouldn't book a holiday yet <laughs> for for after the last game of the season so that's what I did then um, I think maybe two or three days before the video game we just walked into fr- the changing room from training and the TV was on then I saw the national team squad and I think my name came up first and I was like wow that really happened <laughs> Amazing, amazing.
0: Uh, what's the first week been like at the national team? Sorry? What's your first what's week point? been like with the national team?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's good. Obviously, I've, I knew some of the boys already. You know, I played with them before or when I was under-19s uh, the international. They were my teammates, so I've got, I've got a few friends here. Plus, I have uh, Martin Eppel from, from home. With us. So it's been pretty easy. And, you know, all the boys are really nice, and they're all great players as well. So, yeah, it's been amazing.
0: Do you have like any uh, initiation ceremony or anything like that? No, I don't
1: really. No. To be honest. No. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, at the moment, you know, I haven't played the game yet, so maybe they're saving it until after my first game. But nothing's been mentioned yet. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs>
0: What's it like to be um taking or trying to save shots from like the, the likes of Jujak and Zola? I can imagine it's a bit different.
1: To be honest, they they got great techniques but for me it's all the same, you know. I've been doing this my whole life. I was trying to save shots from the best players and so it's all the same for me but obviously they their technique is a little bit better than than other players or you know, in, in the league. But I just do the same thing as always. Um, has Stork
0: actually talked to you about playing yet, or is is that kind of left to the before the game?
1: Well, he pulled me for a chat just uh, when we met up on Monday, and he, seriously, I've, I haven't met the guy yet. But now he's 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 grown a lot in my eyes. He's, he's a really good man, and he he talked all all positive to me. So he he hasn't mentioned the game yet, but. He kind of told me what, what he expected of me even if I get to play. So we will see. Obviously, still a few more days till the game. and I'm just working hard and fingers crossed, really.
0: Great stuff. And back to HomeVade, finally. Um, are you actually looking forward to Champions League or do you want a bit of time off? Because obviously it's been a long
1: season, isn't it? It's almost a year now. Yeah, you know, as I said, I, I haven't really had time to just to digest everything that's happened. So, a few days would be good, but I'm really looking forward to next season because it's more exciting stuff coming up, you know, first the Champions League, Super Cup, then the league again. So, yeah, I can't wait. And obviously, you got a new coach now as well. Have you met him yet? No, no, I think none of the players have. Uh, I think he's uh, coming to Budapest on the, on the 6th of June. Then uh, we'll all meet up on the 12th. So you will see. Actually, I'm coming back from Andorra on the 10th, so I'll only have a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get the feed? Did you actually know that Rossi
0: was gonna? That was gonna be his last game on Saturday, or did he not, not tell the players? I
1: I only I only found out maybe about a week before, but it's not been announced just till after the game. So that's when I knew for 100. percent. Yeah. Is that a,
0: is that a sad moment? Do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, I, now I feel. I made a friend as well, not just a good coach, but I made a friend as well. I'm sure I'll keep in touch with him because he's been really good to me and he's a good man. He might you... that at home. It is unbelievable.
0: He might take you with him to his next
1: team as well. <laughs> well, we haven't spoke about that yet. <laughs> at home, bed, so we never know.
0: <laughs> Great stuff, for Thanks a lot for joining us.
1: Thanks very much, mate. Thank
0: you. Pleasure. And um, best of luck for the next two games
1: coming up. Cheers, man.
0: Bye-bye. Uh, welcome to the show, Turka Thelide.
5: Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, yeah, cool. Um, Turka is the um, editor-in-chief at RussianFootballNews.com. It's a really good site. You should, should check it out. Um, Hungary are uh, playing Russia tomorrow in Budapest. Um, how are how are Russia looking ahead of the game, Turk? Are they feeling confident? Is it kind of a strong squad that's out?
5: No, I mean this is this is the second last friendly before the Confederations Cup, so obviously we should be buzzing. the fa- The fans should be buzzing. The players should be ready. But it is it doesn't look perfect at the moment. I have to I have to be honest and say that they are missing some key players. Just the other day, um, front man and and uh, top scorer Artem Super had to had to uh, leave the squad because he's injured they are already missing Takov, they're missing Mario Fernandez so yeah it, it's not the it's, it's not the perfect condition it's not the best time to, to play a, such an important friendly and it is um, yeah it is problematic with the Confederation Cup coming up because obviously we, Russia needs to be at the best at the moment they need to be ready to to prove the strength at the uh, at the big tournament and of course, they have—they've only played friendlies for the last year because they're not in the in the qualification for the World Cup, obviously. And the results haven't been very good. They lost to Qatar, and yeah, it's 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 a bit of a mess, to be honest.
0: Is that kind of the feeling back home? Because obviously, in the in the Euros last year, last time out, it was it was quite poor. Um, uh, only, only, I'm only saying that as an outsider. I mean, I saw the games. And it, it wasn't very inspiring. Is there kind of a feeling that Russia might might kind of will on the big stage in this Confederations
5: Cup? Well, before the the Euro last, last summer, there were, there were big expectations. They had Leonard Slutsky as head coach. He delivered some really good results. They won the first, I think, was seven or eight games uh, after he took over. So that was a really good feeling. But that's that's not the case anymore. As I said, the, the performances in the... Um, in the friendlies haven't been very good. They they are yet to deliver a truly uh, convincing performance under Jasichov, who took over after the Euro. So, the expectations are not very high. Um, not for the Confederations Cup. Obviously, people expect them to... They should advance from the group. They are a group of New Zealand, Mexico and Portugal. So, it's not the hardest group in the world. But still, they haven't... In the last year, they haven't shown anything that gives people a reason to, to believe in them other than the fact that they are at home. And that's not really that's not really something you can uh, you can put on the players. I mean, that's not something they have achieved. So, no, that's that's not a lot of hope right now. And um, in
0: this game against Hungary, uh, is there kind of like an expectation that you'll beat us quite
5: comfortably, or, or, or do you think it'll
0: be, be a struggle?
5: Personally, I expect it to be a struggle. Uh, I have to admit, I don't know very much about, about Hungary. I know a few players we've spoken about uh, Sol Kalma in, in the past, and, and Obviously there's some good players in Hungary, but I think Russia will, will struggle. They they're simply missing too many of the good players and even when they have these key players, they weren't a very good team, so without them I, I think it would be very difficult. But obviously with all the respect for Hungary, it's still it's one of those teams you just expect a country like Russia to beat. I mean, almost no matter what what condition the squad is in, you, you think okay, Hungary that's that that should be manageable but I wouldn't be surprised to see Hungary get at least a draw, but maybe even a victory. Um, for you, David, do you think,
0: um, are you feeling confident for Hungary? Obviously, we've got a few players out and stuff, and it's not the strongest squad. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you kind of expecting ahead of the game?
2: Well, <clears throat> I think this is an interesting um, couple of fixtures for Hungary because we've got a qualifier against Andorra coming up later in the week, and for us, that's the game that you just we expect to win 4-5-0. Um, But we're also in the time when when there's a couple of key players out, injured. Um, Two of our strikers are not in for strange reasons. Nikolic we've talked about before. Stork is just giving him more of an opportunity to settle in in America. Prishkin has joined Ferenc Varos and apparently he wants to be fresh for the Europa League qualifiers, which aren't for three weeks. I don't know what that's about. Um, But we haven't (coughs) got the strongest squad at the moment because I think this is the perfect time for Stork to experiment with his squad. To, to start putting some of the youngsters through. Um, some of the teams in the league have had a good season uh, the, who have quite a few good young Hungarian players that we want to try out. Um, we've also called up Dominic Soboslai, who's I think, one of the youngest players ever to get called up and potentially get a cap. So I think um, I'm expecting it to be a very experimental team. Uh, we've only really got one striker, Eppel, who hasn't got any caps, um, and he's probably going to play the whole 90 minutes. So... I don't expect strongest hungry squad. I expect a lot of experimentation. Yeah. So cool. that's the kind of that's what I have as expectation going in as well.
0: According to I we are going to play Galacho goal, Besher at right back, Long, Vinicius in the center, Kadar at left back, Nodj and Nodge in the uh, in center mid, Dominic and Adam, uh, Steber, Kleinheiser, the behind Martin Apple. Um, yeah, it's not. This, I mean, it's not. it's not a weak team, is it really?
2: Well, I mean, Klein Heisler, we spoke about earlier on, on today's show, he's not been in the greatest form, so uh, it's a little bit strange that he's even been called up, I think. Um, th- there's some other players that maybe you want to give a game to, someone like Charles, who's, who's had a good season, and you want to try him out. Um, I, I think th- we haven't really solved the midfield dilemma either, have we? Like We've been reliant on Gera, who's 37, 38 now. Um, so we need to solve that going forward. Um and Really, Nodge and Alec, I think, are two options, and Alex out injured. So, I think it's a, in, in some places, at least in attack, it's an experimental squad. But then that's where we've been weakest, I think. So, I'm, I'm kind of I'm hopeful that we can try something different and it might work out well for us.
4: Yeah, it can
0: be, be kind of weird to see Dominic Nodge play so deep next to Adam Nodge because Dominic Nodge has been playing like as on the left of a front three at Legia. So, it would be kind of weird to see him play so deep. Um, Turka, like i just looking at your squad now. They're all, apart from Neustar, who's actually German, isn't he? Um, they're all based in in Russia. What, what's the reason for that? What why why don't players kind of go abroad? In, uh, why don't the Russian players really go abroad?
5: Uh, well, the, the primary reason is is that the fact that uh, the Russian Premier League has a, a limit on foreigners. All the teams you're only allowed to play uh, six foreigners, five foreigners at the time. During the games, and that means that the, the salaries of the Russian players are highly inflated. So, if we look, for example, at a player like uh, Danish Glushakov from Spartak, I mean, he's a really good player, one of the best players in the league this season. But the salary he earns in Russia is just so much higher than it would be if he moved abroad. If he moved to, yeah, he's not a great player. He'll not move to Barcelona, or Bayern Munich, one of those clubs that can really pay a nice salary. So he could perhaps move to a mid-table club in, in the Bundesliga or, or in, in Spain or Germany or something like that. Um, England, of course. So, the, but, but the money is so much better on Russia for the, for the good Russian players simply because the, uh, the, the salaries are inflated. Uh, that, that's the primary reason. I think another reason is the fact that uh, they saw all these great players after 2008, Ashar, Wim, left Belyalet, all these amazing players move abroad. And eventually, all of them failed. So I think they're they're kind of thinking, okay, well we are big stars. We're playing for Spartak. We earn all our money. We're close to our family. So there's no really there's not really any need to move to 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 say Everton or Hanover, whatever mid table club you would you would have to join in in a big league before you can make the final step to to the top club. It seems like many of them are waiting for Barcelona to call, but obviously you're not going straight from from a Russian club to to some of the biggest clubs in Europe. So, so they just stay at home. And it, it really is a shame because many of these players could could have been really good, but the fact that they're not being matched competitively enough, that they're not playing against good enough opponents means that um means that they're simply not they're simply not being pushed the way they should. They're not developing as they should and obviously that is also why we see Russia deliver these truly horrible performances at the big tournaments like the Euro, the World Cup, the Euro before, I mean, it's really only at the Euro in 2008 where they actually delivered on the biggest stage. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's a huge problem, one of the biggest structural problems in Russian football, in my, my opinion. You really need to find a way to get these players abroad, to get them tested at a higher level, because that's, obviously, that's how you develop. Yeah, and that
0: is that is exactly what I was going to ask, actually, because, you, you, yeah, you see all these players playing in, in your league and with the greatest respect it's not the greatest league in the world so like they, they probably need to test themselves against against the best and like I mean I don't to, to be honest I really don't know that many players in there like this Jagayev who have obviously heard of before um, I mean I'm looking at the names I really I really don't even know that many I, I know
1: oh,
5: that, uh, yeah for example you had a guy like Akhenfev I mean he's he's 31 yeah, now of course, he's, yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. Russia's number one since I think it was 2004 he received his debut and he's still playing for this. Of course, he he, he was unlucky he was getting some injuries at the time. He could have moved abroad, but I mean, not many years ago he was often linked with United, with all these great clubs, and he was such a, a huge talent in at the goalkeeper position. But but he just stuck around, and it's the same story with all of these guys. They they just stuck around Russia instead of trying to test themselves, trying to go abroad. Right now we have um, on the midfield Alexander um from Lokomotiv, offensive midfielder. He's a very, very promising young player. He just scored the decisive goal in the in the Russian Cup final a few weeks ago, back in May. So there are a lot of a lot of buzz around him and he, he really is a talented guy. And his contract expires at the end of the season. So a lot of people hope he, he will move abroad, that he will take the, the big step and, and a little gamble and find a club abroad that can push him. But at the same time all the all the rumors keep linking him to to the likes of Ruben Kassan, to Senate. So it seems that he'll Probably fall in the same trap as the, as the older guys and, and just stick around and eventually sort of waste his talent away, unfortunately. But I really hope that these these young players think, okay, now now let's let's push ourselves, let's test ourselves, let's let's develop because the talent pool is there. I mean, the, Russia have good players, but they're just not being tested, probably.
0: Yeah, um, I, and I guess if if you don't watch the Russian league, you're not really going to know the players that well, are you? Um, Spartak Moscow won the league yeah, and I think they've got six players in the, in the squad to face Hungary did that come out of nowhere really because they finished like fifth sixth, sixth in the past few years and then they've obviously just won the league Is did that? was that a shock was that a shock win
5: oh yeah it definitely was Spartak haven't uh, won the league since 2001 so it was the first championship in 16 years uh, they started the season by, by being eliminated from the Europa League by a team from Cyprus and then the sacked that coach once once uh, game into the season. The sacked uh, Alenichev, the only Russian who have ever won the Champions League, who won it with um, with Porto back in when Mourinho was the coach. Uh, so he was sacked after one game, and then they hired his assistant, Massimo Carrera, a former assistant of Antonio Conte at Juventus at Italy, and he just completely transformed the team. Gone were all the disputes, all the drama, all the chaos, and it just became like almost instantly. It became a winning machine. It, it, he changed the entire mentality of the squad. It was, it was It's really been magical to follow this season. Very, very impressive. And I can't wait to see them in the Champions League next next year.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Um, David, h- how do you feel the game's going to go tomorrow um, or today, if you're listening today? Um, do you think that Hungary have got like, any chance with such a, an experience and a depleted side?
2: I think um, it's certainly in my lifetime, Hungary have a history of uh, winning pointless friendlies against the odds. So I think there is a chance. I remember us uh, beating Italy after they were world champions and uh, that, that famous 2-0 win against Germany away. So I think we have a history of doing stuff like that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we won. But I don't really know how that squad's going to gel. As you said, the two nudges in midfield, I don't know if um, if they're going to have enough strength and if they give us the same kind of midfield that we'd expect Kleinheisler hasn't been informed so I don't know if he's going to help us um, create the kind of chances that we're we're dying to to create and that we haven't been creating Um, Eppel obviously hasn't played with the national team at all yet Um, but our defense will be solid I'm I'm actually surprised there's not more experimenting there Um, so I think our defense will be solid Um, hopefully we won't concede too many goals and I think we can nick a draw. I think it's a for, for both sides. It's not a hugely important game. Um, they both want to try out their squads and, and you know be a, do a bit of experimenting. So I can imagine a, a one-one draw that, that everybody will be more more or less happy with.
5: Uh, what about you, Turker? I think a draw sounds like a, a pretty good dis- uh, prediction. Actually, I, as I said, I, I don't see Russia getting the victory. I, I think yeah, a draw sounds realistic. Both teams will obviously experiment a bit. They'll have to, especially Russia. I know they'll have to to test some new combinations because of the injuries. So, yeah, I think a, a pretty close game, probably maybe even a bit boring, but yeah, ending ending in a draw. Yeah, I can't
0: I can't imagine it being too excited. Really, how do you think you're doing the Confederations Cup? You said you said you think you'll get through the group stage. Do you think that's kind of as far as you'll get? Do you think there's any kind of a any chance of a shock? Russia maybe producing something that kind of people don't expect.
5: I think the only shock Roger can produce at the Confederations Cup would be if they finish beneath New Zealand in the group stage. I <laughs> have <laughs> uh, to be honest. I mean, if, if they go out of the, as, as I said, people expect them to go out of the group stage but even if they do that that would be that would surprise me. I think me, both Mexico and Portugal of course Portugal but also Mexico are, are better than Russia so I, I expect them to finish third in a pretty uninteresting manner. Yeah. and, and What's the
0: crowds going to be like if uh, are they kind of are they sold out for all the russian games
5: I'm not sure actually um there have been problems especially getting foreign fans to, to russia for the both the confederations cups and, and the uh, and the world cup the tickets are quite expensive they have made some discounts for locals for people from russians living in the cities but they are still very expensive if you compare them to the the average russian uh, salary so I think it would be difficult. I, I, I'm sure they'll find a way to fill up the stadiums. So otherwise, they will just hand out tickets for free. But it's, uh, yeah, it, I don't think the support will be as massive as you, as you could have hoped. And
0: I guess that that'll be different at the World Cup next year. Do you, do you see that uh, Russia is, anything's going to change in, in the next year for Russia? Do you think there's any chance of them performing like admirably, admirably next next summer?
5: No, I think we have to wait until after the World Cup to see things actually changing. For example, as I mentioned, the the foreigner limit. There there are many coaches who said this should be removed. Slutsky said it after the Euro that the first thing he would do if he was in charge, he would remove the foreigner limit. But I don't think uh, Mutko and Putin and Priyad can, all these guys in charge of, of Russian football, I don't think they want to risk anything at this stage. So we have to get on the other side of the World Cup before we can see some some structural changes that could actually benefit the national team because right now no one wants to rock the boat and and risk anything i mean imagine if you remove the foreigner limit and all the russians um were sent to the bench because of better foreigners coming through yeah, yeah that's that's a problem so i think we have to go uh, uh, we have to wait until after the world cup and then we can hope for for better days to come
0: it's quite funny that you, you say that that foreigner limit has, has kind of been one of the reasons why Russian football stagnated because if you I think to like in Hungary obviously we've got a foreign limit foreign limit in the league now um, in in England there's a they always talk about oh we need to have a limit on foreigners but you say that that's actually one of the main reasons why our national teams not getting better because they're all just all the best players that have staying at home it's, it's kind of kind of uh, weird really I mean obviously it wasn't done intentionally for that I guess it was done to, to improve the national team and get the players playing and stuff but obviously it's not worked at all um, well thanks a lot for coming on the show Turker it's been uh, been really interesting to hear your insight and uh, best of luck for tomorrow yeah you too it's been, it's been a pleasure thank you very much and uh, David thanks a lot for coming on the show as well
2: thanks Tom my Maybe pleasure we'll
0: have you back soon um, yeah thank you very much for to it. everybody um, and Hungary, Russia kicks off, I don't even know what time it kicks off tomorrow, one anyone know? Um, I'm going to find Hang out on. for you, I'm going to start talk to you and just It's at 7.30 7.30, there we go, um, that's from the Group harbor Arena in Budapest So, okay, cool, see you later chaps